Justin, I shaved my full face today. Oh. For the first time since the year 2021. Or maybe it was 2020, in fact. I'm fully clean shaven. Let me tell you something. It's cold. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. And I want to say, when I first saw you, we had this, mm-hmm. like, all, I just, I was like, did you get a new light? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you can see me, you can see so much of me. Yeah, um, yeah. I look like, my face looks like, when I look at my mouth, I look like um, Henry Cavill in uh, <laughs> Justice League, where it just like looks a little like a little wrong, yeah. you know. Um, but I'm excited because okay, so I, I I got my hair done today, and I it's I'm blonde now, and um, I sort of said like when I do that, I'm gonna shave my face fully. But I also was like, I know that if I do that, my girlfriend will leave me, like for sure will leave me. So. Um, what do, or is there something else you're going to tell me? (laughs) No, because what I did was we moved in together. And so now she's sort of like stuck. (laughs) You're stuck in a, stuck in a lease. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's the sort of thing too, where I'm like, okay, you could leave. Like it's, it's like a ask for forgiveness, not permission sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where like now it's just like, I'm just going to do this. And what are, what are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? Is um, that is that why your background's all turned around too, or is you're like in a different part yeah, of the? Yeah, yeah. She destroyed all. She destroyed. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. Obviously, uh, she's actually she's she's in full support of it. I will say, in my opinion, the combo of my hair and my face makes me look seven years younger. Mm, I, mm. Like I look spry and young, um, ready to face the world, freshly face the world. Um, but you, so you have what I would call a very tasteful goatee. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's because that's all I got. You know, it's all, it's all, it's all the body's got me. But I'll say this, like, I, I think what I can appreciate about the goatee that you have is that you know that that's what you've got. Yeah. And I just got to live with it. Do you know what it. I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. like if you were trying to grow a full beard, but only the goatee like looked good and was full, I think it would be the sort of thing where like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, like. Yeah, no, it would. No, it would knowing look, what to specialize it, it, in, it would look like this dude's got a goatee, but he's trying for the full beard. You know <laughs> yes, what I mean? Exactly, exactly. But so, my question for you is: When's the last time you were fully clean shaven? Uh, okay, so I, you know, for for a while, like in terms of like before pandemic times, it was like one of yeah. those things where I would just be a little bit lazy with the shaven, just to let yeah. you know, let it go a little bit, and then I'd be like, oh, this is not happening. And then like the pandemic was the perfect time to work on your facial right. hair because during the pandemic. I had the mask on. So it was yeah, like, a, you, so it was, you could really do whatever you needed. I could do whatever yeah. I needed. And then it was shocking when I took the mask off, people were like, where did that come from? And I was like, well, it was here. It's been here. You haven't been seen, here. you haven't seen me. And I would even do stuff like on zoom meetings, like before it would happen, I would like put the facial hair on me and I just like stand, like not even comment on it and just like leave the it filters. on. Yeah. Just to yeah, like get funny. people used to the idea of what it would be like. And like for a uh, fair point is that first, like uh, in January of us doing like e-school and everything like that. Um, in that January to March before we actually went back to school, um, I, I was start, starting to slightly just grow it out, but you can't see it in the same way. It looks different on a screen. So it's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. not as like it like pronounced. So I had it the whole time, but then like that first reveal of the mask, you take it off. People are like, <gasps> you know, they're shocked yeah. by it and everything. But yeah, you know, some people just, you got to realize this is the, this is the thing about facial hair. Not everyone has the same facial hair. You got to no. find out what you got and then you got to just live with it and you got to just make it look as best as you can. 
And um, that's where I'm at right now. To the fact when um, my wife was talking about potentially switching up our Halloween costume idea, it was going to be a Taylor Swift and a Travis Kelsey type of thing. And I was oh, like, fun, very fun. I was like, he's got a mustache right now. I don't know if that's the the vibe I'm going to go for is to have a, just a solely a mustache. I don't feel like I got that in me. You know what I mean? I'm covering you up. Yeah. I don't hate it. It's just I mean, it's, yeah, very, it's, it's, it's very Waluigi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but for me, like I found like I, I had the mustache because I was trying to like sell Elena on the idea of me being clean shaven because I prefer to be clean shaven. Like when I think about myself, um, there's a bartering tactic. <laughs> I was trying to like like soft launch it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and but like so so you know like that was gone. But now that the whole thing is gone. My lips are cold mm. when I exhale through my nose. Yeah, because wow. like it's just like new air conditioning. You know what I mean? Did you go to like um, a professional like barber shaver to get it done? No, no, no. Because I, I also like um, I got very sensitive skin, uh, so I have to take care of it in a very specific way if I'm gonna be clean shaven like this. Um, but no, it, that was separate from the haircut. It was like haircut, hair dye come home and i was like elena it's happening right now i was like it's happening today. <laughs> i can't stop it <laughs> yeah well and i was like i was like is this okay i mean like because i obviously you know she she's perfectly fine with me doing whatever you know i want to like like that it's not what she's she's not actually like upset about it yeah yeah but yeah. i was like is this if i did this will you actually like me less and she's like no of course not I was like, okay so i'm gonna give this a shot but. Have, have you ever done a professional sh- shaver barber um, no, I got shaved by my roommate in college once he did. He used, yeah, now hold on. Uh, okay. He, uses, right. he, he would use a straight razor to shave, okay. you know? Um, and so I, cause I, I was like, I get really bad razor burn if I don't, like I said, shave a very specific way. And he's like, you're just doing it wrong. And I was like, I don't think so, but, uh, maybe <laughs> cause I'm not, I'm not going to fight you on this. Uh, and he's like, let me shave you. And he was, I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right, man, whatever. So so we had me lay down in a recliner <laughs> in our dorm. <laughs> and he, he did shave me with the straight razor. And he, it was a good shave, I'll say that. But did I get razor burn? I did. Um, but no, I've never gone to like a shop and had it happen. So I did one time. Um, uh, my buddy Ryan, for his wedding, wanted everyone to have oh, like, yeah, like yeah. yeah. So um, I did it, and it was like I didn't have anything going on at that point, right? Mm-hmm. So he had everyone get a shave. And then it came to me, and the guy was like, you're good, right? And I was like, actually, could I just get, like, a nice little cleanup? So he, like, did whatever was going on in my face. He, like, I was, like, growing it out for two days. I'm like, this will be perfect. And it was like, nothing. Um, so he did it, and, like, my face never felt softer. I kept just yeah. touching my face because I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't think I had anything, but apparently I did. It just felt so nice and soft. And, like, it was one of those things they put on the tingly the tingly aftershave. They put a, a towel over your face and then he like took it off and I was transported to a different realm. And it's just like, I'm a new person. It was, I've it, been born again. It was truly a moment I will never forget. Born again in the hitbox. It's in the box.
What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Hitbox episode number 165. My name is Peter Hunt Spitek. Joining me as always is my wonderful friend and co-host and goatee haver, Justin Makovich. Justin, you doing good? Things good in the in the Makovich realm? Yeah, no, I think I think I'm, I think I'm doing well. I got a question for you. When you get a haircut, would you mm-hmm. would you consider getting a haircut like that looked like the best fucking thing ever, but only for two yeah. weeks? Or mm-hmm have a haircut that just lasted five weeks and always looked the same and was okay. What would you rather have? Uh, but good haircut. For, I've, I've discovered that I'm worth it. I've discovered that feeling good is worth it. So my haircut was like to get like a nice goat fade going on, which I appreciate. I can't mm-hmm. afford that. I need to like every two weeks, like get that maintained to get like that perfect yeah. little fade going. That costs like anywhere from like 60 to 80 bucks to do with tip. Yeah, yeah. I can't afford that. I'm no celebrity at this point. So I'm to a point where I just, I like, I'm not, I haven't been happy with my haircut since I decided that I can't afford an $80 haircut. Um, sure. And I feel like my hair just is the same. So then I'm like trying to do different things with it. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I'm really working on my my hair, my hair game, you know? I do, I do know what you mean. I, for me, it's a lot easier just because I have longer hair. So like I will go, you know, six to 10 weeks without getting a haircut. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that means to me, like, you know, it's a little bit more worth it for me to spend a little bit more money on it. Cause it's like, well, you know, I'm not doing this so frequently, but so I do understand that like every two weeks having to spend that money is it's like, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I'm a public, yeah. public school teacher over here. I'm not a, let me say this gentlemen. I know you're listening to this podcast. You all, um, I've seen the demographics. From our <laughs> listenership. <laughs> Spend the money, get the haircut. You're worth it. I feel like I feel like growing up, like I, as a guy, you're not like socialized to really like care about your hair. And then like I found like as I became an adult, I like actually do care about like how I look. Like get that haircut. You're oh, worth yeah, it. Yeah, do it. Uh, I remember Gentlemen. one time before school pictures, uh, my 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 dad and I went to Great Clips together, and he probably mm-hmm. did the biggest sacrifice I ever have saw, seen him do for me before. And it was before my picture, so I wanted a good haircut. And there was two people. There was this old woman with a shaky hand, and then there yeah. was like a younger woman. So it was like, all right, who's next? It was the old woman. My dad's like, I got this. He took got he, this. he took the one for me, and he had the bad haircut while I had a. Great clips haircut. <laughs> Great clips haircut. Yeah. Uh, Justin, I'm going to give you a preview of what's coming up in the news. Uh, first things first is Spider-Man 2 is the fastest selling PlayStation game on the PS5. Nintendo doesn't think it needs unions. And we're in an Airbud type situation. A dog is going to be running a game at Games Done Quick this year. We're going to talk about all those headlines and more. Before we get to the meat of the episode, I want to remind you, our dear listener, that listeners, that uh, you can join our Discord server. The link to that is in the description of this episode. You can also support us on Patreon if you're feeling monetarily generous, like Jay Noel, like Dave Parker, and, oh my <laughs> gosh, what's this? We have a new Patreon subscriber. It is my mother. Gail Spitzek. Shout out, G Spitty. <laughs> you did it. Uh, I, I This was actually very sweet because you texted me about this, Justin, and I was like, I don't even know that she knows. Like, I know that she knows I do a podcast, but I don't even know how she would find such a so, the podcast. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Or like, and, and, and then, like, you, she means she listened to it deep enough 
to get to the Patreon subscription. And then she went to patreon.com slash hitbox pod, became a $3 deluxe podcast producer. Is she a $3 deluxe or is she $1 podcast producer? Um, I should look that up. I think she was a three. I mean, maybe I thought a three, I thought it said deluxe. And you know, this feels a lot to me, like all like the, the new Kansas city chief fans as Taylor Swift started to go to these games, like all of a sudden the, the chief sales like went up like crazy for like jerseys and stuff like that. Your mom sure. is like the Swifty watching, uh, watching the Kansas city chief. I mean, yes, she is a deluxe podcast yeah. producer. So my mother and Dave Parker and Jay Knoll, they're all getting an additional 30 minute <laughs> bonus episode every single week. Uh, we've got like, I think this past week, like last week was 70 of those bonus Ooh. episodes. So if you're interested in, in listening to more of us um, talk about a little bit more specific topics and stuff like that in gaming, um, there's there's like a, a pretty big backlog and, and stuff like that. So if you're interested in that, that's three dollars a month. Um, become a deluxe podcast producer. If not, all good. You can follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod, and you can rake this uh, podcast in your podcast player of choice. I heard that Google Podcasts is going away. I have no idea what I'm going to do about um, that because there are certain podcasts that don't get up go up on Spotify. So I don't really know what I'm going to do when it comes to listening to podcasts. A- Apple Podcasts? Are you still you into that? I mean, I'm using an Android phone, so I don't know if that's supported. Um, I guess, you know, I could just keep my iPhone in my pocket and I, just for podcasts. Just for those specific ones. Back in the day in high school, you know, I had, I had my flip phone and then I had my iPod. And like those would both fit in my pocket. You know what I mean? So yep. I, could, I guess I could return to those days. But um, Justin, enough about that. Let's talk about the games that came out this week in the Metacritic Roundup. Let's do it. Metacritic Roundup. Kind of a chunky uh, Metacritic Ooh. Roundup this week. Because uh, we, we played a lot of the games that came out this week. Um, so let's let's get through it. Because we got, what, one, two, three, four games uh, in the Metacritic Roundup. Let's start with a game that I don't think either of us have played here. Uh, at least this uh, iteration of it. The Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1. This, I think, was shown off for the first time at... Um, a Nintendo Direct. This is a compilation of a handful of the earlier Metal Gear games. Um, I know that you've got Metal Gear 1 and 2 as well as Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, 3, and then a handful of other uh, side stuff. Um, This scored a 77 on the PS5. It is unscored on the Nintendo Switch, PC, Xbox Series X, and PS4, although it is launching on all of those platforms. It is um, out right now, so if, uh, tomorrow actually. So uh, by the time you're listening to this, this will be out. Justin, as a Metal Gear Solid fan, what does this score and these reviews tell you about the collection? Uh, it's really hard with these collections because, like, when you get a collection like this, I think a lot of the expectation is that the games are better. <laughs> than the original ones to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one just seems like it's another collection of, you know, a couple of these good games, and that doesn't really, like, change anything with it other than just you get to play them again. So I watched I watched a 25-minute review of this today because I was like, I want to be informed. Um, and as someone who's not played a single one of these games, it seems to me that the reason that this is sort of facing some criticism... It's not necessarily because of any of the content in them. You know what I mean? Like, like, like you said, if you're looking to play these games, this is a perfectly fine way to do it. Um, they compared it to like the, the Silent Hill remaster collection that they did in like 2010 for the Konami did. And it's like, this is not that, that game, those, that, that like fundamentally changed a lot about those games that kind of like ruined them. Um, whereas this is a lot 
more faithful. And like, if you're trying to just like replay these games, this is a great way to do it. But they talked a lot about like some behind the scenes emulation stuff that makes these games like feel kind of sluggish and, and not super responsive. Um, they talked about how like the visuals in the first game or, or rather in, in metal gear solid one, um, that it, it doesn't look great or like crisp in a way that like you would kind of come to expect. Uh, and, and then they also talk about how like on top of that, um, sons of Liberty and snake eater do not have, uh, like, nothing has been done to them since the Blue Point remake, or Blue, yeah, Blue Point remake, or not remake, but uh, remaster for, like, Xbox uh, 360 and PS3, I think, or maybe PS4. And so, like, people are saying, like, there's just not too much to this if you're a Metal Gear fan and you already have it, like, available. Like, it's not even in 4K. I think it's only 1080p, so it's, like, kind of a weird remaster because it just means that, like, eventually this will probably have to be remastered again, you know? Um are you going to pick this up as a fan of the series? No, and I mean, I think a, a lot of my fandom of this series doesn't have to do with the, the original ones per se as, like, I want to, like, play them again. Um, I, I I said this before, but when I first experienced these, I, I played them in release order. Um, and I kind of did that on purpose because I knew they would get progressively better. Um, and the gameplay of the old Metal Gear... Uh, solid is bad. Like in my opinion, like I don't think it's, it, it's, it's just an it's, old game. Right? It's an old game. Right. I'm yeah. sure like when you played this initially, it was groundbreaking, but like by the time you get to uh metal gear solid five, um, that one is like truly, um, unique. That is like truly, um, modern feeling as weird as it is. It just feels so new that if you go mm-hmm. back and play those other ones, like it's just not, it's going to feel old to you. So I think this is kind of sad to me as someone who loves the original Metal Gear games because you're not even playing a good version of these games. You're not even playing like a definitive, uh, like optimized version of these games. You are just playing poorly emulated stuff um, that really doesn't feel even pretending to be modern in any way. So I think it's disappointing in that, in that, respect it just kind of seems like a a cheap quick way to get these games out there again rather than truly making it like a love letter to the series yeah and and i like i know that like i get sort of confused on like the naming conventions of these games or, or, or like of like which games are like mainline and all that sort of stuff for the metal gear solid stuff but i, I also heard like saying people saying like it's also just frustrating because like this is kind of an incomplete package because yep. it's like volume one you know what i mean mm-hmm. volume two might be able to save this by being like and the rest, you know what I mean? And then you can kind of have it as two different releases. Um, but yeah, so like, it's interesting. Like I saw some people like talking about the score and how like discussing how like remastered scores are kind of weird because like this is a package that includes some of the best games ever made, you know what I mean? And most innovative titles ever made. And it's got a 77, you know what I mean? And, and so like they were basically arguing like how how could that be? if you were just like looking at what these games are. And I think it's, it's tough because like, well, it's a remaster. So it's not only just looking at what the games are because you know, the games are good. You know, this is also talking about like, how are they as ports? How are they as, you know, remastered options? And as you said, you know, this might not be the best way to do that. If you are someone who's looking for the best experience with these games, but it also seems like I've never played these games before. This would probably be perfectly fine for me, right? Someone who's never, who doesn't know the difference, you know, yeah, and, and I think, like, when you're reviewing a collection, 
you want to see like the collection is like something that they really take care in when they're doing yeah. it. And this one does not take care in the collection. You just have a place to play five games that are all kind of together in one package, not this like collection that feels unique, that feels like they put time and care into it. Um, which is disappointing just in the fact that this is such a classic series. Um, and if anything, it makes me less interested for volume two when that comes out eventually. Um, but more excited for the the Snake Eater um, remake when that comes out, or Delta, whatever the fuck they're Delta, calling it. Yeah, <sighs> let's make it um, make it real confusing for us. I also heard I, I saw that there's like other Metal Gear Solid collections that came out. Yeah, I mean I know the the one that had like two, three, and f- something else on the Xbox 360 and PS3, and then there was another one that had like one, two, three, and four. I think on PS4 and no, just PS4, huh? Um, I don't know. What I'm trying to say is, like, this is not the only Metal Gear Solid collection, and, like, if you have the other ones, like, you're probably fine, like, like playing those. Um, and, and I did see... Yeah, was that- I was going to say, this is part of the problem with a lot of this digital ownership stuff, because some cases, if you don't have the original disc, this is the only way that you can go back and play these games. Right. Um, like, the, or the original system. So, like, I can understand from a preservation standpoint why this is important to have for some people who can't play this stuff but it's Mm -hmm. also a $60 game it's not like this is like a a budget title or something like that you're paying practically a full price experience for something that doesn't feel like a full price experience how much would you pay for this I mean or I guess my question is like what would you think is like a good price for this I mean it's hard to say would 40 be like would you feel the same way if it was like 40 bucks 40 starts to get there 30 would get me thinking about buying it but yeah. this would be something that if it comes out to be like $20 one day, I might think about playing it again. But that right. that is more like a me thing with not needing to play these games again rather than it being like a value add to it. Because, I mean, again, these are like some of the – at least three of these games are some of the best games ever made. Um, yeah. So, it, yeah, I would say I would spend – I would have that conversation at 30 Sure, sure. Uh, there were some news stories coming out about this um, that, that we briefly mentioned before we, we started recording. Um, people were saying that the, <laughs> the, the there was like the news stories saying like Kojima is not in the credits of, of these games um, and saying like scandal. What happened? Kojima, obviously very influential in the Metal Gear Solid series. Um, and, you know, obviously he had his falling out with with Konami back in what, 2015 or 2016. Um, but like we were sort of talking about how there's kind of some misinformation about that going around. Like, yes, he's not in, in the credits of the remastered versions of these games. Cause he had nothing to do with them. Um, but he is in the, the original credits, which can also be found in the games. So like there, there was just like a lot of people like uh, do, that did not do the research, I guess, you know, it, it, like I, it took me one minute <laughs> to find out that this was not, that that's just not the case. You know what I mean? Um, but well, here's the conspiracy. Uh, yeah. Kojima asked not to be included in this because he's like, this is not up to my standards. So um, uh, if wow. you actually go through the credits and take the, I think it's the third, fifth, and eighth letter of every mm-hmm. other word, it will spell out, my name is Hassan Karaman, and I will never release Abandoned. It's in there. Yeah. Wasn't that fun, though, for a while? I mean, it could have been something. Oh, man. It was just fun. It was just, can I say this? It was just fun to have a news story to talk about that was not fucking Activision and Blizzard. Yeah, It was just fun to have something that we could like talk about and speculate about that wasn't just like boring legal proceedings. To, you know what I mean? To embrace my inner conspiracy theorist. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we got uh, Death Stranding 2 will be out next year probably, you think? I would I would assume that would probably fit with the release schedule again. I think that's a game that's like shocking how quick the first one came out. Um, and yeah. I think it's, you know, 
going to be on that same line again. Um, well, I will look forward to that when it comes out. The next game in the Metacritic Roundup is Ghost Runner 2. Um, embargo lifted for this today. The game comes out on the 26th, which is the day after Hitbox Day. So um, the day after you are listening to this, because again, I'm assuming that you listen to this the second it goes live, the second I tweet about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Ghost Runner 2 on PS5 scored an 80, Xbox Series X 78, and PC an 80. All around, it seems like a solid follow-up to um, uh, Ghost Runner 1, which I didn't play, did you? Um, I played... Uh, a little bit of the demo that they came out, which is like the first level. So it was like one of those like qu- really quick kind of like um, optimize your run through a level. And it's meant mm-hmm. to be done like really quick, really fast. Cool concept. I, I, I did not like it, but um, never actually beat it. Sure. Gotcha. Well, this scored about as as well as the original one did. That one scored in 81, 80, uh, 76, 76. So like, you know, around around the same sort of level of quality. It seems like people are, are really liking this one. Seems like it's just a lot more of the same. Not like in a bad way, but just like, hey, if you liked uh, Ghost Runner 1, you're going to love Ghost Runner 2. They just up the ante in you know, every sort of sort of way here. Um, so I, I don't have much to say about this. I'm probably not going to be be checking this one out just because of everything else that's coming out. Um and because I also just don't have a, I've never played the first one. You know what I mean? Um, seems like it might be my kind of game though. I do like these kind of speed runny sort of, sort of games. Like I loved, you know, like neon white, yeah. but also something like with neon white, I, I played on PC. Whereas like, I feel like I don't love playing PC games all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think this is definitely a game you'd want to play with PC, but like a neon white's yeah. the perfect comparison with the exception of the thing that really kind of kept me through neon white. As far as I got was the story was interesting enough. Yep. Um, just always something different to do this one. I don't know if the story is going to draw me in, in the same way. Um, but it is that kind of like, you know, Twitch hitting it correctly. It reminds me, uh, of, uh, super hot a little bit and, t- and how you kind of, oh, kind of yeah, like speed totally. through those levels in a good way. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you get a chance to pick it up, I think you would like this, but, um, just, a another good scoring game in a year filled with amazing games. It's just, it's but Isn't that wild beautiful. though? Like you and I, right now we're looking at 80, like something that scores 80. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to skip I it. I know, there's just, so, there's, <laughs> there's maybe, much, maybe an 81, on. but you know, an 80. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> well, Justin, next game, uh, I did pick up and it did not score an 80. Uh, in fact, it's, it's not scored on Metacritic round uh, on Metacritic right now. Um, cause there's just not enough reviews out for it, but this is, um, Skull Island Rise of Kong, baby. Um, <laughs> let me read you the review scores that are uh, from critic reviews. So there are three right now. IGN gave it a three. Um, Everyeye.it gave it a three. And Gaming Bolt gave it a two. Uh, so Out of ten, by the way. So this is not scoring particularly well. This game went viral on Twitter. Did you see the initial Twitter clip that went around for it? Oh, yeah. It was uh, basically him fighting the dinosaur that he fought like a picture. So basically, like, in, in the clip, um, you get Kong. It, this is a King Kong game. And you get, like, it, it looks bad. Like, it, the textures are bad. The sound effects are bad. The It all is just, like, imagine the worst possible version of this. It's basically, like, a video of, uh, of a cutscene in the game where Kong has just defeated a, a dinosaur. And then he's clearly bothered. And so, like, the camera, like, zooms in on his face. And it looks really bad. Uh, and then there's another dinosaur that kind of roars at him. And you see like a flash of like a JPEG of another dinosaur with its mouth open for like one second. And then he turns around and he fights the fights the dinosaur and it looks really bad. Um, and a lot of people were like, 
did they not myself included i think you and i when we talked about this initially we're like did they not put an animation in did they just put a just skip an image yeah, yeah. Of, of a dinosaur in here um it's that's not the case actually so i've played a fair amount of kong or whatever the fuck this game is called skull island rides of kong and um no the jpeg is actually a flashback um basically in the opening uh moments of the game kong's parents are killed by a dinosaur named gaw and um gaw roars at him before kong escapes and that image that he sees in that moment is like a flashback of like you're you're a dinosaur just like the dinosaur that killed my parents and so he sees that flashback several times throughout the game um I, it's not a good game. Yeah, what's up? It's almost worse. <laughs> like, yeah, it, like, it's, it's almost worse because it's like, oh, it's not that you guys like ran out of time or something. It's like, oh, you tried to do something. Yeah, yeah you're trying to tell a story with that. Oh boy, oh man. Yeah, um, it's it's bad. It is it is uh not a very good, well made video game. Basically, it's just like a um sort of like beat 'em up platformer where you're just exploring these different levels and you're just like mashing like. Square, square, triangle, square, square, square of just like, like three hit combos, essentially like that. And you're just fighting dinosaurs and giant crabs. The levels are designed terribly. You're supposed to like explore um, each of these levels in search of like something. It's kind of unclear. It's so, like what your goal is. Um, the levels are like really like maze like and winding. Um, there's a map and on the map screen, it says uh, use the roar ability to find out where you are. It doesn't tell you how to do that, though. And then so later in the game, you eventually learn how to roar. And then when you do roar, uh, I open the map being like, oh, it'll show me like on the map where I am. And it doesn't do that. Um, but when you do roar, you see like these like lines, like these like markings in the distance. And they're basically supposed to like mark like points of interest. But like sometimes when you get to those points of interest, there's just like nothing there. Um, it's bad. It's hard to even describe because it's like on every level, it's just not very good. Oh, so what's the worst part about it in your opinion? Like, and I know the level is, design. The level design is just like hands down. Okay, uh, because because it just it gives you no direction on where to go. Um, basically, there's like five different levels, I think, uh, but they're all really big, uh, and, and there's not like really good telegraphing as to where you should be going or like which direction you should be headed. Um, sometimes you'll like take a path that will like loop back into the main path, but like turn you around. Um, and once I died. And when I respawned, it had me facing the other way. And so I assumed like, oh, was I going the wrong way? You know what I mean? Like, like was I was I yeah, headed the wrong yeah. way? Did I at a certain point like get turned around or was like that a side path or something like that? Um, so like the fact that like there's just no direction um, and, and it's like unclear like what you are able to interact with and what you aren't. Like there are some some things that you can like jump over and climb over and some things you can't. But like it just doesn't make a good distinction as to what you can and can't do. I ended up sequence breaking because I jumped over something I wasn't supposed to. Good. Um, yeah. So it's 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 not great. Uh, and so that that to me is is the worst part of it. And I would have probably finished it because I played it for work. Uh, I played it for about four hours, by the way. So way too long. Way too long for it. Like to the point where it stopped being funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, also like the cutscenes are are pretty hysterical because they are just like exactly like the the cutscene that sort of went viral like they're just like very bad <laughs> um and and like over the top in a way that's like well we got to get this done guys <laughs> you know what i mean um and so those are pretty hysterical but like they're kind of few and far between and then like in between those is an hour of just like wandering around the jungle you know um what's the best part of this game the cutscenes they are very fucking funny man <laughs> uh, like like they are very funny kong looks like hot garbage um 
Like the model for him just looks quite bad. Uh, and, and like every single time the camera changes, um, like perspectives, there's like three frames where like everything like jumps around and jolts around before it like lands properly. And so like I, I made a video about the game and like I had to like put like a thing in at the beginning of like when I was showing footage, like I didn't, I'm not editing this poorly. Like this is just what the game looks like. You know what I mean? I'm not like, I'm not like choppy with my editing here. Like this is just how it looks. Um, yeah. So it's, it, it's the sort of thing where the video I made was, it was like under the guise of like, I, I, I played this game so you don't have to, you know? And I, and I kind of like talk at the beginning, is this worth buying even as a joke or even as like to see like a bad game? Cause and I think we've talked about this on the show before. I really like playing bad games. I think they're really interesting because like, I think you can, it's much easier to be able to like analyze a video game when you are playing something that's really bad. Cause you can like put the, the points together a little bit better of like, this doesn't work. So this doesn't work. And then this doesn't work. You know what I mean? As opposed to like playing a good game because it's like a little bit less clear, the chain of commands of like, well, this works really well. And then this works really well. You, like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am seeing a speed run of this that's only a half hour, so you could beat this game in a half hour should you choose. Oh, I bet. I bet you could break the hell out of this game. <laughs> um, but but the question is, is it, so on, on the PlayStation 5, which is where I purchased it, it was $50. Oh. <laughs> 37 for PS Plus members um, uh, before November 1st or something like that. So I paid $37 for this game. Don't do that. Um, do not do that. This will be a good moment to remind you all to subscribe to Patreon, Patreon. and support us. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, like, it's, it's not good, man. It's 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 pretty bad. Um, it, it, and, and, like, in a way that, like, yes, the cutscenes are funny, but, like, they're, they don't happen enough to, to really, like, make it, like, an entertaining thing, you know? Um, and then also, like, at the end of the day you're just playing a bad video game. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's not, and it's not like the decisions that were made with it aren't like bafflingly bad that like keep like unwinding. Like I feel like a game, like something like Duke Nukem forever is really interesting. Cause you can like look at like, I heard it once described like it was like a, um, uh, like a tree where you can cut the tree and see all the rings about like, Oh, this was happening in games at this point, And then this was happening in games <laughs> at this point as it was like being developed. Progressively you gets know? more modern. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're like, oh, it's like Half-Life here. Oh, it's like Halo 1 here. Oh, it's like Call of Duty here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, like, that's interesting to play and, like, look at and, and ask, like, how did this happen? Whereas this game, it's just, like, you kind of get what is bad about it in the first 30 minutes or so, and then it just continues to be, to be bad, bad from there on out. Yeah. Um, we are going to play this, though. Uh, <laughs> make that $40 purchase I made worth it uh, for our bonus show this week. So, if, if you are interested, uh, patreon.com slash hitboxpod. $3 deluxe podcast producers are going to be able to see 30 minutes of this game uncut level three footage. Hey, if, um, if we get, um, by, by this Friday, the, the, yeah. of it's released, if we get an additional four Patreon subscribers, the, the seventh lucky number seventh subscriber, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. for the deluxe tier, will I will gift a copy of this game to them. <laughs> so get on that. So, if you really want to play this, so um, it, if I got it for free, I would think it was like interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because then I wouldn't be like, well, this was $40, you know. Um, and I was also I was trying to think like, you know, I made it the video for work. And I was like, do you think work would pay for this? And I was like, I'm not going to try that. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna float that one by you guys. Um <laughs> But uh, Skull Island, Rise of Kong, like I said, we're going to be doing a deep dive, not deep dive, but we're just going to take a look at that. Thing. So l- l- um, lucky number seven. Remember, be, yeah, be, be that person. That, go ahead and be subscribe. that person. Uh, and, and then when you, you know, you'll be able to like kind of check out the video and be like, it can be like a guide. Yeah, it'll, you know it'll be mean? a step by step walkthrough. We're going to be in 30 yeah. minutes, actually. We're going to like also do the speed run of it. Yeah, exactly. I will say, though, um, basically, there's this report from The Verge by Ash Parrish. Um, that basically took a look at the development of this game and uh, it was made in a single year. Development started June 1st of 2022 and it concluded June 2nd, 2023. Wow. Um, there, there was a lot of issues with the publisher, publisher uh, Game Mill, which is great. Uh, they published, believe it or not, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, among other things. Both of them um, or just the first one? Uh, definitely the first one. Their website has not been updated recently, so I don't know if the second one is coming out by them <laughs> or not. Um, at least when I when I look at when I looked at it uh, the other day. Um, but basically, like developers said, like we did not have enough time for this. We did not get enough funding for this. Um, at times, there were only two people working on this game at any given time. You know what I mean? We were crunching since February, so like there's like a lot of stuff here that like was this game going to be good under those circumstances? No, of course not. Does that mean that the game is? somehow better <laughs> no you know but it is in my opinion the fault then of game mill the publisher you know what i mean for not giving enough information and time and funding for stuff apparently also according to devs they said that like uh game mill kept information from the developers about certain things i don't sp- say specifically about what but just saying like that it uh that there was not like it was very common to, for us not to be provided with all the information about the project. Unclear exactly what that means, but um, important information, I would say, on why a game like this exists and is so bad. Sad, sad things, sad things. Yeah, but um, there you go. Skull Island, Rise of Kong on Metacritic. Um, next game and final game in the Metacritic roundup is Super Mario Bros. Wonder, a game, Justin, that you and I have both played. Super Mario Wonder. Woohoo. On the Nintendo Switch. 93, which is um, pretty fucking good. What, what, what is score on the Xbox? Uh, it is unscored, although it is launching on that once it comes out. Uh, which it should be now by the time we're here. Oh, is, so it, is, it on, pick it game, is it on Game Pass, too? It is not on Game Pass. Um, I, I think that Nintendo and, and Microsoft haven't worked out their sort of feud from when phil spencer was like yeah we should buy it <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say that he didn't say that not like that but he did just kind of say that um justin what is your take on on super mario bros wonder we could talk about the reviews for this game but i i want your personal review on this yeah um so uh i i'm not a mario fan uh, i wouldn't say that that uh, mario games are my number one favorite game in the whole wide world um this is how you know i'm not a mario fan um, I called him Mario, first of all. I was going to say, because you called him Mario. Yeah, yeah they'll do it. Um, but w- w- the Mario game that I have the most happy nostalgia for is Super Mario Sunshine. And I have I've seen, heard that people do not like that game yep, and I have, in retrospect. I have seen a lot of just like tier rankings with that like firmly placed on the bottom of it. Um, and there's nothing wrong with Mario. Like, I, I think I really appreciated Mario 64, not when I initially played it on my Nintendo 64, uh, but I appreciated it when I went back to play it on the, um, uh, Super Mario collection, the all-stars, whatever it was when that came out. 
Um, I was like, hey, this game is actually pretty good. And like, I, I can bitch about old games feeling old all day long, but this game, like 64, felt like actually there are some modern things to it. The camera was a little mm-hmm. archaic, but like it still felt really good to control Mario. Um, and like how advanced that was to have a good platformer like that um, when when it's launched, I think is kind of a rarity. And I can understand how Mario gets that. And I enjoyed Odyssey when that came out, but I didn't love it. It like just didn't bring me joy in a certain way. Um, as games do and um i'm happy to report that super mario wonder um also doesn't bring me joy (laughs) um so it's interesting you say that i've been and we've we over the course of this podcast you have seen me sort of convert into a mario fan um but it's not because i've like enjoyed playing them alone it's just that like i i have a lot of fun playing them with elena um because they're pretty simple games you know what i mean that we get to work together on and, and, and play through and all that sort of stuff. And so when this came out, I was like so excited. I mean, when you know, this was announced, I was like so excited because, because I was like, oh man, here's another great game for us to play. Um, I don't love it. Uh, it's okay. It, it, it's fun, you know, fun enough, but I, I don't love it. Um, the same way that, that I have loved the other ones that we played together. Uh, and I, I think that it is a pretty clear, um, last place in terms of the ones that we have played. It's not bad. It's certainly like there's fun to be had with it. Um, but I think it comes down to the fact that it's, it's co-op is not great. I think the level, like the game itself is, is good. You know what I mean? It, it's as good as Mario is, you know what I mean? So it's, it's fun. Ringing like, endorsement. It's as good as Mario is. <laughs> I mean, just like, you know, like I'm a fan as far as like, I like playing these games with my girlfriend, but like would I pick this up and play it on my own? Probably not, you know? Um, but, uh, it's just not that good. The co-op is just not that good, especially compared to something like uh, Super Mario 3D Land. Um, and, and I think the big reason why we are having a little bit less fun with the co-op is because um, it's a little bit more forgiving. Uh, you don't bounce off each other anymore. You, you, like, that was a big thing for, like, all of the recent, like, 2D Mario games um, or, or co-op Mario games where, like, if you jump underneath someone who's falling, you will launch them. You know what I mean? And you're, you're going to bounce off each other. And there's like this level of um, like friendly competition, I guess, you know, between between players as, as you go through. Um, and that's just not really there in this game. Uh, and it's it's a little disappointing because like what is fun about that? Yeah, you can bump each other off into the into ledges and stuff like that. First of all, that's funny. Like every time it happens, like no one's ever like at least with me and Elena, we never get like actually mad when something like that happens because it, it's funny. You know what I mean? It's a game about like knocking into each other and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but then also like you can't really cooperate, you know, like sometimes there would be like uh, platforms that we couldn't reach or that we like miss the jump for, you know, and we can't get up there. But sometimes we'd be like, no, I'm going to launch you up there. You I'll sacrifice myself. You know what I mean? To, so that you can, you can live. Um, but does that make sense? I know that sounds like a really, maybe like a niche, uh, not niche, uh, nitpick, but so is, if you were ranking this game, as a game you play with co-op versus just a Mario game, does that change your rankings of it at all? Um, it's a good Mario game, you know? So like that, does that answer your question? Like it's a good Mario game, but if I was just like talking about like, how does it go with, is it a good Mario game for co-op? I would say not really. No. Okay. 
I would I would recommend 3D World way over this if you're looking for like a good time for co-op and stuff. Now, I haven't gotten super far into this. I just got to the Snow World, if that helps place where I am in okay. this. Okay, I think I think we're we did a few of those levels. And yeah. Then now, or wait, Snow World? No, no, no. We we uh, just did some of the water levels. Okay, cool. So, so I don't even think we got there. I'm in the world after you, basically. So like right down got the it. road. Um, and the game itself is not a very challenging game is my first kind of like comment on it in terms of it's like you get hit by something and you keep dying constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, I think some of the challenge in the game comes into trying to solve the wonder seeds and the special coins in each level. Um, I think that's where it starts to get a little bit in the realm of a game I like more because one of the things they do in this game that I love is there's no timer. You can just fuck around these levels nonstop. You can also freely go back and forth as long as you can have a platform to go back and forth for. Mm -hmm. Um, So it allows you to really kind of just like, all right, I got the first wonder coin. I got the last wonder coin. Now I am, there's another one over here. I got to find here or the, yeah. the coin or whatever it is. Or it's like, I see that thing in the distance. How do I get there? Or this pipe seems weird. What can I do with this? And it just allows you to kind of take your time with the levels. And I'm finding that the challenge of this game is not getting through it without dying. It's solving those puzzles, which I can kind right. of appreciate a little bit. Um, but ultimately every level is kind of just diminished to three coin puzzles and a wonder seed or two puzzle, Mm -hmm. if that, and it's just like, I, I don't really have much love for a lot of these levels in a way that I'm going to remember world three, three for the rest of my life. Um, and there's some interesting moments and things that they do with it, but it's not like a particularly memorable game, but I'm enjoying myself as I'm playing the game. If that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, to me, like, what you're saying about, like, the levels and stuff, like, I, I think, like, Mario 3D World does such a good job of, like, I, like, I couldn't tell you right now, like, about the level, like, the specific levels, but if I, you know, went back and played through them, I'd be able to be like, oh, my gosh, this one's really good, yeah. you know what I mean, because those game, those levels are, like, really tight packages, you know, um, and in this it just doesn't feel as as tight like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, um, have you played with the online features? Uh, no, we we got to like one of those online like like we got to the place where it's like, here's the online stuff. And Elena was like, goodbye. You'll never see us ever again. That's <laughs> like, great. Um, so, no, have you? Yeah, um, I think it's actually kind of an interesting part because um, as these levels are about kind of exploring and like trying to find out where all the secrets are with the basically if you're online, you get, I think, three or four other mario peaches whatever they are playing the level with you and they're like ghosts so you can't really interact with them like directly but you see where they're Mm -hmm. jumping um you can leave signs that if you activate their sign if you die if you hit that sign it could basically revitalize you um or revive you um but like what it actually does is it kind of shows you where other players are exploring and where other characters are trying to solve something. Um, a good example was there's this one level where there's like an invisible block that um, like basically raised uh, a vine up in the air, and it got you to a coin. And I saw people climbing this invisible thing. They're just climbing nothing. Oh, sure. And I was like, okay, there's got to be something to hit there. So then I start to go around and like kind of explore and like start jumping up to hit boxes and stuff like that. Um, and basically I found where the secret was because of the online stuff. 
And I think if anything, it just kind of makes me feel like I'm I'm playing this game with other people, solving things mm-hmm. with other people. And I don't use it all the time. And some people are like, well, that makes the game too easy. It's like a cheat code. I don't think so. It just allows me not to get overly frustrated with the game. And it allows yeah. me to kind of focus where I'm looking. And in addition to that, I really enjoy the way you can mix up your play by using different badges and different levels. I think the badges are actually quite cool. Yeah. Um, and that's been, that's been kind of fun. So basically, the, the badges in the game is that uh, you are able to get a modifier for your character. Um, the one I use the most is like a hat parachute that basically lets you mm-hmm. like kind of float to your next thing. Uh, but there's one that's like basically allows you to hold on to a wall and do a second jump up on the wall. There's another one that gives you a dolphin kick. There's another one that's like a grappling hook. Um, and it just kind of changes exactly how you play through each of these levels in just a slightly different way. Um, that does give it some replayability, sort of. But at a certain point, like, I play the level once and then play it maybe another time or two to get everything in it, and then I'm done and I'm never going to go back to these levels again. So there's really no point in me doing that. Um, Are there any, like, time trial speed runs for these that you know of? Not that I saw, not that I've seen. Yeah, like, I mean, that might be something to get me playing it back a little bit more is just to find a way to like, you know, hundred percent the level quickly or something like that. But I, I don't know. I mean, I just think this is going to be one of those games. That's a eight to 10 hour game. I think I was looking at how long it beat. Um, I don't not like it, but I don't think this game is going to get me to love Mario. And I don't think this game is going to be one that gets me to love platformers. No, no, you're, I think you're totally right. Like it's the sort of thing where like I, when the reviews came out for this, I was like, Oh damn. 93 like that is really really good um but i don't think so <laughs> you know like and I, I know that's kind of you know it's just my opinion um and all that but i i just don't really get that from this game it's a good game it's fine but like i'm i'm not like itching to play it necessarily when um when i'm not playing it you know and i mean elena kind of like play it and just the whole time kind of like should we just go back and play Mario 3D World? You know, because because we had just had so much fun with that one. Um, and I think like the levels in that are just so, so well made and, and all that stuff. And not that they're not necessarily in here, but like to what you're saying, it's like it, it's more about the puzzles of the one of getting the Wonder Seeds and then doing the activities at the Wonder Seeds uh, or because the, there's like the Wonder Flower, which makes things go all weird. And then at the end of doing all the weird stuff with the Wonder Flower, you get the Wonder Seed like that stuff is like the fun stuff. Um, although I've heard like in reviews, like people say like, you know, I wasn't able to talk about like the ones that I really wanted to talk about. So like, there's some crazy ass shit in here. Like, yeah. So maybe we just haven't gotten there yet, but like for me, uh, this is not something that I'm like really itching to be playing. Um, in the same way, Justin, that I'm itching to play Spider-Man two at all hours of the day. Oh, wow. We're transitioning. That was my transition. Oh, wow. Okay. We're talking about Spider-Man two. Um, I have been playing Spider-Man 2. You've been playing Spider-Man 2. I have. Apparently, a lot of other people have been playing Spider-Man 2. Mm. According to PlayStation, or Sony, rather, um, the game sold 20, uh, 2.5 million copies in 24 hours, which is impressive, and it makes it the fastest PlayStation uh, Studios... It's the fastest-selling PlayStation Studios game um, ever, which is pretty significant because uh, I think God of War Ragnarok was... Um, the like previous champion, which sold 5.1 million copies in its first week. And then before that last of us part two sold 4 million copies in its first three days. So, um, I think this just goes to show people fucking love Spider-Man. 
I mean, I'm not, I can't say I'm shocked that this is the fastest selling or whatever. Nope. Um, like it, it, I remember Spider-Man, the 2018 one was another one of those games that just sold like crazy because Spider-Man bridges that gap between so many different people. Like there's so many people who like Spider-Man, whether it's from the movies, the cartoons, um, video games, like Spider-Man is one of those just like universal thing. And then this one, it's Spider-Man and Miles Morales bringing a whole nother kind of like um, uh, comic fandom into this uh, equation. Uh, and the fact that you have basically have two stories in here um, with both of these characters that even if you're not a Miles Morales fan, you might like Spider-Man. If you're not a Spider-Man fan, you like Miles Morales. If you um, like Venom because you love Tom Hardy as Venom, that's going to bring these people in. It is just like the, the perfect way to bring in um, so many different people from uh, gaming culture to also pop culture as well, which I think is just great for it. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, I can't say I'm surprised. I also think that figure is is also impressive because uh, God of War Ragnarok was on the PlayStation 5 and the PlayStation 4. Last of Us Part 2 was on the PlayStation 4. You know, which was in its like at the very end of its life cycle. So like so many people had those, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So this is exclusively PlayStation five sales. Obviously, you know, we're what three years into this, into the PlayStation five. So like, and they're like readily available. Like if you want one, you can get one. But what I am trying to say, like I know a lot of my, like my friends, more casual gaming friends have not picked up the PS five. You know what I mean? Cause like if you're more of a casual gamer, why would you need to like everything for the most part has been on the PS four up until this point, you know? Um, but damn, I'll say this. This is a good game. I am loving it. In fact, not even just liking it. I'm like loving it. Um, so I, my question to you before I kind of like share my thoughts and opinions of this, like with Spider-Man 2018, I don't recall you saying you loved it in the same way. No, I didn't. Um, it, it, I liked it. I, like, it's a good game. Yeah. Um, and, and I was sort of talking to you about this before we started recording. Like, I don't really re like I remember some like story beats in that game, but like, I don't remember it's. I, the thing I the thing I remember about that game is like not its story necessarily. Um, I remember like the mechanics of like the swinging, you know what I mean, and exploring that open world and stuff like that. Um, and obviously, like I, I, it's less novel now because we've had two other games, you know what I mean, with the swinging and stuff. But like, I think everything that this game, this game has made every single one of its things memorable and and good uh, in a way that the first one did not necessarily. Like I said, the story was good. Um, the story in this one, I think, is excellent. Um, the swinging and the traversal stuff in that first one was excellent. And then now in this one, they like up the ante and made it like even better, right? All the side activities, like in, in the first one, it was just like, you go to a place, you find a backpack and you leave with this, you know, sometimes it's, you find a backpack or not a backpack, but like there's like spider drones. Sometimes you find the drones or sometimes you are doing like a small little side quest or sometimes you're doing a little puzzle, um, or like the side quests that happen, like are more significant and do tell like smaller little stories that, um, feel very spider-man to me like there's the one i'm sure I, I imagine you might have done it's early pretty early um this guy is looking for or this woman is looking for her grandpa he's wandered off and you go and you just you track him down and you sit with him at a park bench and he just talks to you about when he proposed to his wife and it's just like very sweet <laughs> you know what i mean and like the writing is is just so fresh and, and and good um but so that so for me it's about like all of the things that i think open world games struggle with. I think this game nails, um, and especially coming off of Assassin's Creed Mirage, which was just like, if I had to describe, I would just call it the color beige, just like yeah. completely inoffensive and like unmemorable. This is like neon pink. Yeah. I love your beige walls. I'm looking at my, well, mine are kind of gray, but, um, 
it's it, like like <laughs> if 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 Assassin's Creed Mirage is beige, Spider-Man Two is like sparkly pink, like glittery pink, <laughs> just like very very interesting, very fun. Um, yeah, that's where I'm coming from. I really enjoyed uh, Spider-Man uh, 2018 a lot. For me, the story was memorable. Um, I loved uh, one of my favorite things about a uh, movie or a specifically a video game is when you can just expand your cast of characters that you introdu- that you can be introduced to. Mm-hmm. And even if you see like, oh God, there's the shocker again, or there's this character again, it's always fun to see a different studio's take on that character. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't believe Mysterio was in the first game. He's not. Um, is that a, if that is a... All right, y'all, listen, we're going to talk about Spider-Man. All right, like, if you don't want to hear about, like, basic details about the game, go play it. All right, and stop listening to this. We're just going to, like, I have to just be able to talk openly about what is in this game. Is that a cool? Can we do that? And without, like, necessarily, like, I, I, I didn't say it's... I'm not going to spoil anything. Right, I just, right. like, is Mysterio in the game? Yes. And, like, not to, like, do anything other than that, but, like, just seeing how they take these characters that we know from other movies and other comics and just take a unique spin on them in a really interesting, fun way that totally makes sense for these characters. So even if you do, even if I did say that and it spoiled something for you, how they do it is probably not exactly what you're expecting them to do with most of these character reveals. I have read so many Spider-Man comics. I have watched all the movies. I memorized the Raimi movies, essentially. I, like, I've, I, I, it's in my blood. I have no fucking clue where this story is going. Right, right. We're, we're, and, like, all these characters you're seeing, like, in a very different light, in, in a way that, like, is very, very neat. So, yeah, Mysterio's in it. But um, the Mysterio storyline is quite interesting. Right. And, in addition to that, the connection that they go from the first game showing characters that you've met in the first game it could have been a side quest that you meet this character and you see them doing something else in this game with the new context of the first game involved in it they are making characters interesting and unique and cool and what they do with it is just that's what i love about a new take on comics to begin with like i love seeing new interpretations of the characters we know and love that's why the worst thing you can do is just copy and paste marvel's avengers video game a character that we (laughs) know and like oh we're gonna make the same tony stark um as robert downey jr just a little bit different like i I don't want to see that to be honest that's why i think like the weakest character he's not really a character in this game but like the weakest character in spider-man 2 is jj and jameson because i'm just listening to someone do an impression of um of what's his name uh, is it is not the same? Is it? Is it not? Um, I was gonna say John C. Riley, but uh, J.K. Simmons, not J.K. Is it J.K. Simmons? No, no, no it is J.K. Simmons. In the movies, it's J.K. Simmons, but oh, they're okay. just doing an impression of J.K. Simmons. You know what I mean? Like, like, and I know that J.K. Simmons yeah, just yeah. like did a really good job embodying that role, but like, uh, give me something new because this this game is full of just like here's something right. new. You know what I mean? Here here's something you've never seen before. Here's a way like this character has never been done before. Um, but Justin, I know from our brief conversation before we started recording, because we like mentioned it, and then I was surprised by your by how you kind of felt about it. Um, just in, like it, the way you, you were cagey about it a little bit about how you feel about it, and I want to know. I've been dying to know now for almost an hour. I know, and I'm really just. Do you teasing not like Spider Man Two? All right, so the best way for me to describe this is when I I was that like, like sicko. I was hoping that the midnight release or the eleven o'clock release of it in Central Time uh, they mi- mixed it up so I could play it at ten o'clock 
or earlier. You know, like, oh, we're just going to have everyone be able to play it at 9 o'clock. I was super excited. I had it pre-downloaded, had it on my screen, and I stayed up to 11 o'clock to um, play the game right when it came out. And I basically did the first um, character moment, um, the first like little like prologue that you do, kind of introduction to a lot of the stuff, mechanics and stuff. And the very beginning of this game starts off with this cutscene about Spider-Man, um, Miles Morales and Peter Parker just living their lives, what's happening, and just the typical story of how it's difficult to be a normal person while being Spider-Man. And yeah. I was just engrossed with the acting, engrossed with the cutscenes, engrossed with the situation. Um, and then I did the beginning part, and it was pretty, pretty fun, like a good little like moment when you're doing all this stuff. But then like as I'm playing it, I'm like, I just want the next cutscene. I don't want to hit this thing three times and wait for the next thing. And then mm. there's that moment after that big story beat where you're just in the open world doing the most video game ass shit ever. Like, let's get this thing established. Let's go over here and do this. And then you just start doing all this video game shit. And like, I just want to watch this movie or this game. Yeah. I don't necessarily feel like playing it is fun and it only gets worse um there's a couple of parts that happen throughout the game when you're following a character or characters through an environment um and they're talking about something guiding you here but then they make you do all this video game shit like talk to this thing make this thing go um and it's sometimes it gives you good backstory but a lot of the times it just feels like video game stuff and i just want mm -hmm. the main story I just want to play the story more. And every time I'm taking back or every time I get into a fight scene, I'm like, can we just end? Um, can we just go to the next thing? I want to see this cutscene. I want to see this story. And for me, and whatever reason, I am just not vibing with the mixture of the open world and the mixture of the story. I just want to mainline the story. But even if you just mainline the main missions, you are only getting like you still have to do the gameplay <laughs> behind it. You still have to do the fighting yeah, yeah. with it. And I got to admit, I'm I'm like surprised and shocked that I'm feeling this way. I'm not really enjoying combat in this game very much. I'm really not enjoying the stealth aspects of this game. Go ahead. I will say the combat is the weakest part for me. It, it, and, it it's there's too much there's too much stuff going on for me like to to keep track of. But and that's like a third of the game. And like whenever I do yeah. something like that, right. I'm just yes. not I'm just not enjoying that. Um, I got to that grandpa mission today. And even even mm -hmm. that particular mission to get to that point, you're just doing three video game things and then following the stink trail for way too long to get to that cute cutscene. <laughs> you follow the stink trail for way too long. That is so true. And like this, the, the game is like high quality in almost every aspect of it. Like I think it's high production, um, high, high, greatly designed, all this kind of stuff. But my problem with this game is just like I they create a game that I don't want to play. And I, I don't like know why that happened. I don't know how that happened. I just want to watch the story and I just want to like see it happen to me. And that's not like, this is still like a great game. This is still like something I would rank pretty high in terms of video games. But like, I'm just, they made a story that's too good. And I felt like the difference about like this and The Last of Us, I felt like when you're playing a Last of Us, specifically Last of Us Part Two, those encounters felt significant to what I'm doing and the gameplay felt like it was more a direct part of the story and like your survival it, and like like and like it's things. like it's like the narrative is, is yeah. what you're doing in the game yeah yeah no I, I think you're right I, you're right yeah so I would say I am two-thirds really stoked with this game traversal is great um story is great um but it's the other it, it's when I'm seeing it's a video game that I'm just kind of like 
okay, I'll do this puzzle. I know how to solve it. It's not very hard, but I'll do this yeah. puzzle. I'll do this thing. Um, and there's almost like there is a lot of side stuff here, but like it's not super, super interesting to me. Um, even like mm-hmm. the parts, there are these like little moments where around the city you get these like photo opportunities that you can do. Um, yeah. And they're, they're just like moments and the dialogue you get with the person you're giving these photos to is just like, so like, yeah, I remember New York. Oh, that brings me back to waiting for a club. Like, it's just kind of yeah. like, okay, whatever. Like you have these cool moments, but I just don't feel like, and it's also weird, like Spider-Man just sitting there fucking taking a picture of all these people. Like wouldn't anyone like notice or acknowledge him? <laughs> I think, um, I, to be honest, I think like, Sending them because you sent them to Robbie Robertson because he's got like his own newspaper or something like that, aside from the bugle. And, um, which I have like uh, this game has actually had me thinking a lot about the Daily Bugle. And, uh, <laughs> where I'm like, why does anyone give a shit what the Daily Bugle has to say? <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like the New York Post, like, it's just like, just try, it's like intentionally trap, whatever, not important. Um, but I think it would have been cool if, like, we got to hear from J. Jonah Jameson instead. Yeah. And and so that, so that we didn't just get him beat like yelling at you like every two minutes, you know what I mean? When you're swinging around. Uh, and, and so like you get like a little bit more depth to that character to hear a little yeah. bit more about what he has to say about like certain things. And what's, you know what I mean? what's his view on these images and things like that about like yeah, what exactly. New York actually is like. Um, cause, and cause you're so right. Cause like just hearing a guy go like, you know, I used to play tennis on the rooftops back when I was a kid. It's like, uh, Okay. Yeah. But what is what does a wackier character have to say about that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so you know. Um, so yeah, you are right though about about like that's the story is so good, and I think the cool like the the coolest part for me is the the way they've twisted all of the villains, um, and and uh, made them really sympathetic, uh, because it's like most of them kind of got dealt a bad hand and turned to villainy not because they wanted to be evil necessarily, but just because it's like you know you're a you're a big rock monster you know what are you gonna do with that right <laughs> right you know if, if your family is is ill or, or whatever um and, and so like with the story of, of craven the hunter i think all of that like comes in really really cool you know what i mean or, or um uh not not gonna spoil anything here but like dr connors comes in play and plays a, a bigger part in this story um and because he's been given kind of a second chance at being a scientist again um but what happens when you take all these people who are trying to live better lives and you sort of strip that agency away from them i think that's really interesting um and you know i was saying like i don't know where this is going you know and i don't know really what's going to happen with a lot of these things so i i'm i'm a fan of the story you're so right though that when it's like all right, Pete, time to rough them up. It's like, oh, gosh, all right, well, now for six minutes of this yeah, <laughs> before, yeah, before yeah. we get to the resolution of this scene. And most of it is just pressing the same button, waiting for your your things to, like, recharge. Cool down, and yeah. again, there's nothing wrong with that gameplay. Like, it's still, I think it's good combat. And if anything, I think it's better feeling than the 2018 version of the combat. Agreed. But it's a little it, too much yeah, for me, but a yeah. lot to a lot to manage in my head, specifically with two characters with two different like skill sets that Ability you're playing. That's yes. just kind of confusing where I put all my buttons. Um and like I want to be clear, like it's not that I don't like this game. And I I I I they've just put like my favorite food in a buffet. So why mm-hmm. would I want to eat anything but my favorite food? And your favorite food is the story is the story by far. Like it is to me, it's, I want, I want it now. And it's just, it's just taking me too long to get there. 
Um, which is ironic because people are saying this game is too short, blah, 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 shut up. Um, <laughs> shut up, shut up, it's not. It's not. It's not. Um, and then you asked me an interesting question earlier when we were off camera. You said, like, do you like, you, do you like Liza P better than this? And mm. I, I was kind of like, I would rather play Liza P. Mm-hmm. I prefer the gameplay of Liza P. Yeah. Um, and the story is enough to get me going with it. But like this one, I don't necessarily want to play it. I just want to ex- yeah. experience it. And I'm enjoying it. I think it's great. I think if you have a PlayStation, for the love of God, play this game. Um, the tech side of this thing is like fucking unreal. Holy shit. Um, have you had any bugs y- or weird bugs? <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. I'm just checking. I'm just checking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Justin. Okay. Um, I sat down at the carnival and could not stand back up. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> and, so, and so I'm sitting there and it was just like Peter and friends being like, this is so great, guys. Silence for 30 seconds. <laughs> this is just like old time, guys. <laughs> like, like I've had a pretty buggy experience. In fact, the first thing that happened is I, I had a really bad audio bug where um, if I paused the game, the audio and the scene would continue to play and then it would be out of sync yep. with the with the scene. And then um, I paused it once I, I got done with the initial like first like big set piece thing and. Um, and then the audio completely cut out, and I only had the sound, the voice acting of Peter Parker. Yep. And so I was like, I'm having an issue here. So I just restarted it, and it was fine. Uh, but I've gotten stuck in things. I've fallen through things. Um, I've had a I've had a buggier experience than I've had in, in recent games. Not as bad as like Assassin's Creed Mirage, but still, uh, I've been surprised a little bit by the amount of bugs that I've had. I, I've been I was shocked by it mostly because I, I heard people talking about how like good the game runs yeah is. and yeah, yeah. i i felt like it's i've seen much better like it'll be one of those things i think can be patched eventually but like right now in the short term i'm just a little surprised and it's a lot of the stuff the parts of the game that are annoying me the most too like the walking around that places parts that i'm yes. seeing a lot of it um so this is like this year is the first time that i've experienced this i had this a lot with fi- a few times the final fantasy 15 or 16 where i got the notification your playstation is too hot Mm. And in this, I got it so bad that my PlayStation just powered off. Oh, wow. Like just flat out turned off. Um, Where do you keep it? And it's on top of of my (laughs) entertainment console. (laughs) Top of my microwave. It's like right on top of there. Make it some bagel bites. Yeah, I put it in there and it spins. Yeah, Yeah, um, that's weird. No, but it's it's right on top. So it's not like, you know, contained or anything like that. Um, But I'm playing on the graphical fidelity mode because i have a tv that has that supports 120 hertz so it's actually it's not at 30 frames per second it's at 40 and Mm. it feels really good it feels like you're playing 60 but it has all of the graphical stuff and so when i there's a um scene with uh with mysterio and there's a bunch of reflections because you're walking around a room and there's a bunch of uh it's not it's not like a particularly like you're just in like a glossy environment where you're like, it's like a lot of like tile essentially. And so all the reflections are going, my PS five goes like, and then just like powers off like in like four seconds. Um, and so I've had that a handful of times in places with like high, like contrast and high reflections and stuff like that. Um, and so like to finish that section, I just flipped it down to, um, the frame rate mode. You know what I mean? And it, it looks good there too. But, um, if you have that hundred, if you have a monitor or TV that has 120, hertz uh, refresh rate 
I would absolutely recommend playing it on the fidelity mode because it looks so good and it it just plays so smooth and, and good too. But I mean, you can put this this on like any kind of TV and it's gonna look good because this game is fucking yeah. gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, like it, it is, really it looks, looks so great. Good. And the jump between uh, the 2018 one and this one is amazing. Now remember, it, yes. the 2018 was initially made for PS4, so obviously it's going to look better. But like, it is just stark how different it is and how much better it looks. I am blown away by the reflections in this game. Like sometimes I'll I'll open the photo mode and I'll like look in the eye in like the eye of the spider mask because those will be kind of reflective as well. And you can see the full city. So good. And then like the shadows in the game are like amazing just to like be able to track the shadows of your Spider-Man if there's a sun or anything like that. It is so cool. I was uh, talking to Elena and I, I was like, there are certain things that like she is someone who doesn't play a lot of video games will not appreciate. I remember explaining to her why I was so excited that a puddle in the last of us two that like you, or, or no, it was the blood in the last of us two in the beginning. If you remember, there's like that deer that the clickers all ate up. And if you step in the deer blood and then you run in through the snow, the blood tracks on your shoes, but not like forever. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. like, looks really, really good. And so I was like, you don't understand. Like the reason this is so cool is because not every game would does this, yeah. you know? And so I, I showed her that scene where miles gets fucking thrown, like launched across the city. And I'm like, what's cool about this. And I was explaining to her, like, this is like in game. This is not a cut scene. This isn't like a rendered thing. This is just like, it's cause I was explaining to her the like cutscenes are really big. Like if you have like, if you have, you know, five hours of animated movies in a video game, that's going to be a huge file. But instead, this is basically just a play that the game is putting on. You know what I mean? With yeah. all the different characters. And so I was explaining to her, like, the fact that it was able to load all of this and that it happened all so fast. Or I showed her, like, the fast travel. Like, the fact that it just goes so fast is extremely cool and impressive. And she was able to appreciate it when I was sort of like explaining it to her, but like, damn, I'm so impressed with like the actual tech behind this game. Yeah, it's great. It's amazing. Uh, again, like the, the fact that, um, insomniac was able to do this is I think amazing. I think that they have just proven that they are like truly the masters of this hardware so far. Um, I haven't really played anything else that has done anything like this, uh, especially not even I mean, like not really even on like the Xbox. The only thing that's kind of come close. I finished Cocoon, by the way. It's pretty good um, with playing. <laughs> I did it in, like two hours or maybe like uh, no, 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 uh, like two additional hours from when when we last talked, so, like five hours, maybe um, there are similar things like similar to like the Ratchet and Clank stuff where you're like pulling the um, like the world closer to you in Ratchet and Clank. There's similar stuff about like jumping into the worlds in Cocoon, which is kind of cool. Um, but other than that, like this game, I think is just like the most clear PlayStation Five game um, with when it comes to that sort of stuff. Um, do you see this though? There is they got wrong. They got a flag wrong in Miles's house. There's a Cuban flag when they're Puerto Rican. Um, it like it's a mistake I would make because I didn't research the I'm not I did not do a bunch of cultural research on these characters and stuff like that um because the, the they're like the same design it's just like the colors are different um but so there's a, gonna be a patch to fix the flag which hey it's cool that you can fix that sort of stuff pretty pretty quickly and easily um but but also just kind of shows you like to have like better representation and like at least people going through like that's a mistake like I mean, someone should have caught. Yeah, for sure. And, and I'm not saying like you or me should have caught like someone should have been like aware of culture and aware of flags and aware yeah. of this kind and of if, stuff. And in if you're way. in charge yeah. of like designing the house, you should be like, know what the flag is. Yeah. yeah. Um, glad that they glad that that's been caught and that's being fixed. Um, I will say I, I, I think that the. 
I would say this is a very heartwarming game. I know, like, apparently it's going to get dark with Venom and whatever, but, like, uh, with, I just, the way that, like, pe- people are treated with a lot of compassion in this game, and I really, really love that. Like, especially, like, those villains, I think, are treated with so much compassion. Um, not only from just, like, the game's narrative of, like, oh, you know, they're all sort of, like, trying to rehabilitate themselves and go back in the world, but also, like, Peter Parker is, like, so compassionate to them, and, and like, he's gonna he supports them even though that they have you know done wrong in their lives he's still like willing to want them to change and and whatever but then even like with the representation in the game i think it's pretty fantastic as well about like just a it just i think this game does a really good job at showing what a slice of life is actually like you know for all sorts of different people but can i just share the one thing in this game that's inexcusable please changing motherfucking peter parker's like like image i cannot buy this kid as peter parker I don't like the I don't like the face and <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't love the face in the original one but uh, yeah and they do a flashback that shows oh, looks a like younger one and I'm uh, it looks great like where did that character yeah. go like you look yes. like a Spider Man you look like a Peter Parker I can buy I don't buy anything about this person he looks like a, like a sixteen year old who is supposed to be older than Miles it just does not He's got, like, fit the body for me of like an adult it just yeah. is the most confusing thing to me like ever when I'm looking at this character I cannot buy this character as being an adult um, side note another thing I love about this game there's the, the the parts that involve teachers I just I felt so seen in that part. Maybe that's why I was so, at the very beginning. That's probably why I was so engrossed with the scene, like the whole aspect of being a teacher. <laughs> oh, oh where he's like, he yeah, is a teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, I, um, I feel that. I feel that. I will say, all right. So in the beginning of the game, like, uh, they, they deal with the Sandman stuff, and then they go back, and school is still in session. And I'm like, you no, know, not to be insensitive, but like, basically, a 9/11 event is happening, and you got to go back to school. Okay. Listen, this is like this is New York in Spider-Man's world. I guess that happens every day. Happens every day. (laughs) But like the amount of destruction is one of those things where it's like, yo, it's going to take you six years to clean this up. But you played the game. It took you about like three minutes to swing from school to where Sandman was. You had to go over the bridge. I'm sure it's like, I mean, if every time there was a little there was a little inconvenience with some kind of like element or a, a super bad guy happening in Chicago, they just canceled all the school in Downers. You know, I don't know if that would happen. If, if like um, I was trying to think of like a Downers Grove themed villain, but I got nothing. He's not a very happy villain because he's a downer. Because he, he couldn't go to go to Downers Delight. Yeah. Oh, that's because yeah, <laughs> it's closed. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's Spider Man Two. I imagine we're gonna be talking about that in in the weeks to come. Uh, although, like, I like I'm worried. Like, I I want to savor it because I'm like I'm in love with this game right now. Um, but like I'm worried that I'm just gonna like barrel through it you know what i mean but like also you know we got alan white coming up and then nothing for the rest of the year so <laughs> is that true um kind of oh. persona 5 tactica and then avatar oh i can't wait to play avatar day one day one i don't need you Baldur's one. gate i'm just gonna simply play that oh shit Bob, i'm gonna play Baldur's gate in november yeah anyway um news <laughs> <laughs> The last 13 minutes of the podcast, you guys talk about some news. Uh, That was all news adjacent. All right, get off my back. Um, Nintendo, Doug Bowser said that um, he doesn't think that Nintendo needs um, unions because he thinks that uh, job satisfaction is already quite high. Um, He talks about, uh, he talked about this in an interview with uh, inverse.com. 
where where they were just talking about a you know the success that they've been seeing recently and they they, they talk about a lot of stuff it's a, it's a good read give it a read um but talking about unions he said this um you only have to look at our retention numbers which are very very high within the industry and our obviously low turnover rate as a result our focus has always been on creating a culture that's inclusive has a work life balance and is focused on our singular mission of bringing smiles to faces he added everyone has the right to form a union and certainly in the future wherever it takes us we'll respect that um, so, you know, that's, that's what he's saying at face value that, you know, there is a low turnover rate, um, and that, you know, employee retention is pretty high. But last year, if you remember, there was that Kotaku, um, report that, that talked about like the contract workers are not treated well at Nintendo. Um, there were, there was like a lot of like just mistreatment of, of those, those people. If you remember, even like Reggie said, like, <laughs> came out and was like, this is not the Nintendo I worked at, which probably just is not true. Um, and, and so there were a handful of reports talking about contractors and, and people who were like let go with, without a whole lot of warning at Nintendo and stuff like that. So like, you know, in, in terms of like official capital and Nintendo employees. Yeah. I imagine there is high employee satisfaction if, the, if that's what they're sort of reporting and, and low turnover, turnover rates and stuff like that. That's great. Do those people need unions? Um, I would say probably because if you're in the games industry, I would say it is worth <laughs> worth it for you to be in one if you can uh, get away with it. But um, I, I don't think that those are the people who are necessarily uh, going to be benefiting the most from unions. It's going to be those contract workers and, and stuff like that. Um, so I, I don't know. I, th- I think it's, this was sort of an interesting comment. What do you what do you have to say about this? Um, it, it's twofold because um, contract workers, I'm sure, would want to unionize, but also like those are different buckets and different pools. And it's probably one of those things. Once you get into Nintendo, you don't necessarily want to get out. Like I'm sure, like you know, we clearly heard there was the different like classes of the full time employees versus contractor employees. So yeah. maybe it's good enough once you get in that you don't need to go back. But yo, anyone, I don't care who you are and what you're working in, fucking unionize. Um, yes. like just to have like it, this is like the security for and, security and, and, yeah. and legal protections and having a group behind you to back you it is one hundred percent the thing I would always recommend people to do. However, um, I understand why people don't necessarily to a certain degree because it's like, well, um, I don't need to pay this money for something that's not going to affect me. But like by being a part of a union, it's always like that safety net that you don't necessarily want to have to use your union privileges, but you always should have it just like health insurance. I don't want to pay health insurance every month, but if I have a medical emergency that I'm not, I don't, I don't certainly want to get a medical emergency on me. That's not my goal. But like if it happens, you get those protections. So like it's the best way to make sure that you have a voice in the table so that your company actually cares about you. Unionize whenever you can and whenever it's possible. And if any if ever you look at someone and say, like, I'm not gonna pay this amount of money to be in a union, you gotta make sure that they know it's more than just the monthly or the money that you pay. It's such a good thing to do. Um now I'm did you know I was gonna say I'm sure Nintendo is a good place to work. Um I don't know if you heard this, but um a few of the developers on Super Mario Wonder worked on the original Mario game. That's that's cool. Like, isn't that like insane to think about? Like, when you're really thinking about like staying with a company, um, I'm, I'm on Nintendo here and I'm just looking at a couple. It's a uh, Ask Developers uh, Volume Eleven Super Mario Bros. Wonder. 
Um, and they're basically just talking about the people who did it. Um, so they introduce themselves. One person has been working um, on Mario games for 39 years. Like, that is an insane amount of retention. And someone wouldn't yeah. do that unless they loved what they do. And, and obviously, if they're good at it, too. But, like, I mean, that doesn't happen at a lot of these companies. The turnover, burnout, all these stuff comes in there. So, you know, Doug Bowser is right. I think in the article, too, didn't he also say that if you want to unionize, it's open to you, but, like, most don't want Yes. to so he did he did mention that so like i i think it's not just like the ceo being like well you know no one needs to unionize here and if you do i mean he's certainly not demonizing them in the way that like bobby kotick was like the reason we have so many problems is because unions it's like mm, no yeah <laughs> no, right no, no. don't think that's <laughs> true but go back in your cave goblin <laughs> like, <laughs> no but um yeah and and, and like it is nice that, you know, he said that they're open to it and, and you know, if they want to, that they would be willing to, to do, you know, work with them and whatever, because um, that, that keeps the door open. At least that's what they're saying publicly. Right. Um, but also, at, you know, as the as the CEO, not CEO, but president of Nintendo of America, is that what he is? Yeah. Um, you know, in the upper management of a major corporation like that, it's also kind of his job to make to maybe not push for unions for employees you know what i mean because like as much as we want to believe that nintendo is a company all about you know fun for its employees and whatever like at the end of the day they are also just their mega corporation who if they could they would probably work people a lot harder you well, know what i mean because that's their job 100 a, a company does not benefit from unions the workers no. benefit from unions in almost yes. every situation um but it, but at least again, it, as having a public facing person like Doug Bowser seemingly say, but we you know we understand, then I, I I'm happy to hear that. That's what I'm trying to he's say. He's Bowser. He's an evil. He's evil. Like right. So at the beginning of Mario Wonder, um, Bowser comes and just fucks everything up because it's his job. And Elena was like, "Do you ever think that like he would not do this if he just got invited? Because it's like everyone's just hanging out, and then he shows up and and steals or does." evil stuff and Elena was like if they just like asked him to come do you think he wouldn't do this I was like yeah probably yeah his heart would grow he get done playing golf and <laughs> yeah he seems he gets whatever. invited to those things he's not taking over the world invite him to to the flower kingdom I'm sure he'd be a nice yeah, pleasant fine. guest uh speaking of Nintendo <laughs> though um they have switched their uh the original 2016 switch announcement trailer uh to private on YouTube which is kind of weird not much to report here other than just like, huh, why? You know? Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. How does that make you feel? I don't necessarily know the, the reason or the idea behind it. It could be something to do with a game they showed. Maybe they licensing deals or something like that. That would make it difficult. Um, yeah. And I still don't know how this would benefit a new Switch announcement. Like That's the thing. I, like, I... I my gut reaction is like, oh, it was this has does this have something to do with um with the switch two, but like what could did that be? How would how would something from eight years ago or nine when six minus three seven seven. Oh, wait. I'm looking I'm looking at the uh at the video unavailable and if you look squint your eyes, turn upside down and look backwards. It says, mm. I am Hideo Kojima. Oh, it does. Yeah. So maybe. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Maybe this has something to do with uh, our new Strand game. Maybe. This is a new. 
Well, Mario games are strand type games. They, they, I mean, movement. they really are. <laughs> they actually are. <laughs> they actually are because they're about running around and walking. <laughs> and, do, and doing good hallucinogenics, too, apparently. That's part of the whole equation oh, now. Oh, yeah. And in Wonder, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Justin, it's an Airbud situation. Um, a dog is going to be speedrunning a game at Games Done Quick. Um, this dog named... Peanut, Peanut butter. butter, the Shibu Inu. <laughs> Shibu Inu uh, is going to be running. Um, what game here? What is this game? It's an NES game. Is it? What is this game? Wasn't it Mario? The original Mario? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, because if it if it was, what if it's like really good at fucking Tetris? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't have the game in front of me here. Oh, uh, uh. Gyromite? Oh, yeah, Gyromite? yeah, yeah, yeah. Gyromite, yeah. Never heard of this game, but he's got a uh, he's got a special dog controller, and he's going to be... Uh, apparently, he beat the game in 25 minutes, 29 seconds. That was his dog speedrunning game uh, uh, record, but um, he's adorable. I'm very excited to see how he does. Um, I imagine that this is going to be a big deal <laughs> um, when it happens. Just, it's going to be very funny, and, and I wonder what it's going to sort of open the door for, for other... Um, other speed runs in the future it just makes me feel like i raised my dog incorrectly like the fact that i could get archie to do anything like if i just make him like not like wet his diaper i feel like i've done a lot here but the fact that this dog is like literally sitting with this really fun colorful controller and playing this game um i'm watching the world's first true speed running dog speed runs a game in 25 minutes 29 if i could get my dog to sit in one place awake and alert for even 10 minutes that would be a victory um it's not happening yeah but i do have to Um, i do have to say though it looks like the owner is helping a lot more than i expected in this video yeah well i mean i imagine that like at a certain point like you are gonna have to help the dog a little bit right but like don't don't, you think that disqualifies don't call it an unassisted speed run if this dog is literally like (laughs) being treat fed as it's doing stuff that's like literally the, the like what you're doing you're assisting it yeah yeah well, it go. pulls out like an NES controller and just starts like playing with it. It's a little like, like toe beans. <laughs> I like him. I like the dog. I'm excited. I'll watch this speed run. I will. Hey, um, if there was a dog I'd expect to do a speed run, it would be a Shiba Inu um, for sure. Um, it wouldn't be a Yorkie. Those things are not great. It would not be a rat terrier. Um, yeah, that's my dog's out then. Yeah, a golden doodle would just chew on that the whole time. You know, the yeah. whole time. Yeah. So dogs, they're smart. They're, they, they get it. So, who? Um, not mine. I don't know what I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't speak on it, to be honest with you. Um, I'm not going to speak about your ability to train your dog. Um, EA, remember, remember how EA uh, has been working on a bunch of different games, but specifically an Iron Man game? I 100% forgot this was a thing until I saw this article. When yes, uh, uh, they they are working on um, Iron an Iron Man game in uh, Unreal Engine five. They just confirmed that that's you know the the engine that they're they're using for it. And I too was like, oh yeah, you guys are doing that. Oh, and like a Black Panther game, right? And what else? Um, I thought that there was something else that they had in the works. Um, I know that they mentioned like maybe being interested in doing another Dead Space uh, a remake for two, um, but I imagine that that will be coming after they finish, after EA Motive finishes um, this Iron Man game. But it, to my understanding, it's still in pretty early development. Um, 
uh, does it say anywhere here in the story? Uh, yeah, it's still in early pre-production, which means that we probably can't expect this game for another three to five years at the very earliest, right? Um, but uh, Iron Man game, if it's anything like Spider-Man, I'll think it's very good. I just wonder if it's going to be too late because I don't think Iron Man has the same kind of universal appeal as Spider-Man. Spider-Man is a character that no matter who you are, in my experience, from people I've talked to, Everyone I've talked to, seen Spider-Man movies with, talk Spider-Man about. When you get done watching a Spider-Man movie or whatever, for the next 25 to 60 minutes, to 90 minutes even, you are pretending you're Spider-Man. No matter who you are. You are imagining that you're Spider-Man. You're imagining that you're that you're a down-on-your-luck kind of person who's who's just doing their best to do the right thing. And then you're imagining swinging through the city of New York because how fucking fun would I'd that be? I'd be throwing up left and right. I, I, <laughs> there's up that, and down, like, all over, just that everywhere. VR mod. Did we talk about this? <laughs> that <laughs> VR mod that someone made for Spider-Man. Oh no, 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 like, no, no, no. Um, but like, like Spider-Man is a character that I think has universal appeal. No, like literally, no matter who you are, because you want to be Spider-Man. Because Spider-Man is like a good person who like does the right thing, and also gets to to do Spider-Man shit. Yep, and like punch bad guys, and and like you know, save the day. Iron Man is like less that like, you don't like, I think a lot of with Iron Man, like he's an interesting character. You know what I mean? But like him flying around is like the stuff that I care least about. Yeah. You know what? Like I, let's have yeah. a character that has an alcoholism problem. A lot of PTSD stuff going on. It's just kind of an asshole, um, but not in a fun way. That's going to be our main character. Who's that going to be? Or is that, is that your Iron Man? As Iron Man. Cause, but like to me, like I think he's interesting though. You know what I mean? Well, like, like I think the stuff that he struggles with makes him an interesting guy. Interesting, and that's but not, why. I'm, but not like a mass appeal. Interesting. You know what no, I mean? No, exactly. Yeah, right. That's yeah. the thing. Like, I think that's interesting, but like, I imagine Elena doesn't give a shit about that. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and, and like the Iron Man, like him being in the suit, like, it's cool, but it's not why I care about him. It's not why I think the character is interesting. So like, like, yeah, I agree. I don't know if this has is gonna have the same thing. I like the Marvels Iron Man because I like Robert Downey Jr. I, He's, it's, he gives a great, very good performance. I don't like Captain America because of Chris Evans. Like, I don't think Chris Evans makes Captain... I think he's a good Captain America, but he's not the one thing about Captain America that I love. Oh, I don't know. I, I think that um, the reason MCU... And, and we can definitely talk about this for four hours. Um, I think recent MCU is, like, having this issue where, like... Maybe the, the... I would say the writing is worse than it once was but even the weaker older mcu movies i thought were carried by their casts yeah. and by the performances whereas like now they just don't have the casts and like the just like knock dead performances so i, th- I do think that like someone like um chris evans carried captain america in that first movie when he was maybe a little underwritten oh, I don't, or, or you know what I, mean? I, I don't disagree but i think the character of captain america is more universally liked than oh oh, oh i see what you're saying. yes the, yes yeah, I yeah. Agree. no I but agree. i i agree again that's not a knock on chris evans i think like that's just more of a a, a well-liked character to people yeah um but yeah i think that we need some better starring cast members in our new mcu not even like that the the actors and actresses are bad we just need someone to be the glue like a main character because like tony stark was like the main character yeah chris evans was like the co-main one they had a whole movie about them being in a feud (laughs) yes but like but there's no one like loki pushing it pushing it forward i no, i'm not gonna watch that uh uh don't uh, don't owen wilson 
Um, he, you're doing actually a very good impression of his little blinking. <laughs> um, and the fact I, he has a goatee in that too. So I think you're, you know, you're doing new Halloween here. costume idea. <laughs> um, Mar- the Marvels in theaters everywhere November 10th. <laughs> I've stopped going to see Marvel movies when they get launched. I'm not, I'm not going to see it. I'm not like seeing it that Thursday night. That's for sure. I'll probably, I probably will catch it. Yeah. And well, I guess it depends on like if, if reviews are as bad as like Ant Man. I'm, I'm, I'm done. If it's I'm like this is the next End Game, all right. Then yeah, I'll see it. Yeah, I'll do. It that. won't be. I'll do that. Yeah. I, it seems like it's a fun movie, but. Um. But yes, I agree about the Iron Man game. I also think like, you know, superheroes are very hot right now. Obviously, have been for a very long time. Um. But like, don't the message of Spider Man of Spider Man the success of Spider Man 2018, is not in my opinion superheroes the message is spider-man the character peter parker the character spider-man's abilities and how all that relates to being a good video game and then a good story but i like i'm not drawn to that because it's just a superhero yeah yeah i'm drawn to that because all that stuff works together iron man i'm not drawn if you're gonna make an iron man game i'm not gonna be drawn to it only because it's the character like there's like you need to bring all that together for me yeah yeah so there you go. That is this episode of Hitbox, the only video game podcast, believe it or not. In the whole world. Um, they, don't, <laughs> they don't have any more of them. Um, thanks so much for listening. We truly appreciate your time. If you are interested, you can join our Discord server. Again, the link to that is in the description of this episode. If you want to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash hitboxpod, like our deluxe podcast producers, Jay Noel, Dave Parker, and what did my mom put as her name for this? JKS or GKS? GKS. My mother. Um, you can join us there. Three dollars a month gets you all of our bonus content. Uh, again, today we're we're taking a look at Kong Skull Island or whatever the fuck that game is called. Rise of Kong. No, sorry, Skull Island colon Rise of Kong. Excuse me. Um, we're gonna be taking a look at that and talking about more about um, uh, delightfully awful games. Uh, and I think I think it'll be a great old conversation. If you can't do that, that's all good. You can support us by following us on Twitter uh, and rating this episode in your podcast player of choice. That goes a long way for us. And I think that's all. Justin, am I forgetting anything? No, you're you're you do so good each and every single week at this. I was telling um, one of Elena's friends, uh, th- they're gamers, and they were like, "You do a podcast? What's it about?" And I was like, "Oh, it's about video games." And they were like, oh, cool. And they were like, looked it up and they were like looking through our feed and they were like, you have a Patreon? And I was like, yeah. Um, every week we do a deluxe podcast episode for our, you know, deluxe podcast producers. It's $3 a month. And I, like, I did like the spiel you know what I mean? in the same, like the cadence that I always do it. And I was like, oh, that was weird. But, <laughs> but you should reach out to those same people and say, hey, the seventh subscriber to deluxe Patreon yeah, if you membership. Wanna, if you want Skull Island Rise of Kong, um, you can play that. Yep. Hey gamers. Lucky number seven. <laughs> Lucky number seven. Uh that's all for us, though. Uh, I will leave you with this. Spider-Man 2? Good game. Skull Island Rise of Kong. Bad game. Always remember, old games are old. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>